0: Good morning, Westridge. Well, it's good to be here with you today. in person and online, as we continue our series, seize the opportunity based on the book of Ruth in the Old Testament. Hey, the past two weeks, we have looked at opportunities that come our way at crossroads moments in life, which we all have, and we look at those God incidences that seem to rise up in front of us today that we have the opportunity to ignore or to embrace. Today, we're going to look at why gathering good relationships around us will help us when opportunities rise. A couple of weeks ago, I mentioned Ernest Shackleton and his Trans-Antarctic expedition. They making their way through their goal of landing on the coast of the continent. His ship, the Endurance, became mired in ice that had set in much earlier in the year than they thought was going to happen. Here's a picture of the uh, of the ship. And when this happened, Shackleton calmly announced that they would winter on the ice until spring came, which was something that was going to take place nine months later. Now he kept his men busy. Uh, doing chores, amusing themselves with impersonations, having dog sled races where they wager chocolate and cigarettes, and doing exercises. And One of the surgeons on the expedition said this about Shackleton. Shackleton displayed grill greatness. He did not rage at all or show outwardly the, sign, the slightest sign of disappointment. Now, while marooned, the ship began to break up because of the pressure of the ice on the uh, vessel. And when the ship had disappeared into the depths of the ocean, he announced this. Boys, ship and stores have gone. Now we're going to go home. And many months later, after great hardship and risk, Shackleton led every one of his 27 men home safely, even though it had been a two-year journey. Raymond Priestley, who had gone with Shackleton on another adventure uh, earlier on, uh, said this about the man. For swift and efficient travel, give me Admanson. For a scientific investigation, give me Scott. But when you're at your wit's end and all else fails, go down on your knees and pray for Shackleton. Well, I like that. Hey, it really does matter. The right people around us do make a difference in our lives. And Shackleton was the right kind of guy. I church planting for Ignite. Uh, we start churches across Chicagoland and beyond, and as planters begin to gather their team of, of people around them for the, toward the launch of a new church, I regularly pray this prayer with these leaders. And I ask, I say, Father, please bring the right person around to this planter, and then I pray this one, and please keep the wrong people away. Here's the reality. The right people around us make all the difference in the world It's important to have them there. So what kind of relationships do we need in place as we follow Jesus? Chapter 3 of the book of Ruth uncovers some very critical qualities revealed in the relationship that Ruth had with her mother-in-law, Naomi. And we can learn a lot by watching Naomi in action. Love tried and true. It's what uh, Ruth had shown to Naomi the first two chapters of this book. And now we're going to see that returned from Naomi to Ruth. It is important to have the right people around you. Last week, we left Ruth gleaning for for grain in Boaz's field, taking the grain home as a a gift to her mother-in-law so they could live. When Ruth told Naomi whose field she found herself in, Naomi realized that God was at work even though she had thought he had abandoned her. Boaz was a kinsman redeemer to Naomi's family. What that means is he was related to Naomi's deceased husband, Elimelech, and according to Jewish law and tradition, he could take on the responsibility of taking Ruth into his household to care for her. This leveret way of thinking is still practiced today in some cultures, where if the husband dies, his brother will take the widow into his household, even having children by her, to continue the brother's name. So this is a possibility that was in place here today, as we look at uh, chapter 3. Now, you should have received uh, a Lego today when you walked in today. Now, I like this item here because it has different points to connect different Legos to. Now, there are all kinds of different Legos. There's one that has two connection points. One has four. This one has eight. This one has uh, ten. Every one of these Legos has a different amount of connection points to it. I like putting these together with my, with my grandchildren. And I look at these as a picture of what our lives are like. Some of us have a remarkable ability to connect with people. Uh, We can connect with multiple people and have multiple relationships that bless our lives. Others of us, we have one or two connection points with our lives that we we count as these people talking into our lives, and we trust these people to guide us. But whether we have a lot of connection points or a few connection points, every one of us have a limited number. connection points. And the people we put into contact with our lives really affect our lives. And that's why it's so important to connect the right people to our lives. We're going to look at that today with the life of Naomi. She was that type of person for Ruth. So the question is, what does the right kind of person look like? What kind of people do we want around us? Well, I think first of all, we need people who can see what we don't see. Uh, Opportunities, are not always obvious to our eyes. And whether we're looking in the wrong direction or we're distracted by something that's uh, coming our way, it does help to have someone we trust looking out for us. So last year we were traveling through uh, Smoky Mountain National Park in this vehicle here. Huh? It was pretty sweet, it really was. We were following my son and daughter-in-law and the two kids in their vehicle, looked just like this except it was a four-seater. And, and Jared was in front of us. And all of a sudden he did this. He pointed out the window. Now, I'm not always compliant, but I thought, okay, I'll pull over. So I pulled over. I didn't know what he was looking at. So we sat there, and he kept on going down the road. I'm thinking, well, what was that all about? And all of a sudden, Darla saw this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We saw a black bear. Somehow, Jared, going along 40, 50 miles an hour, had spotted that black bear. He couldn't pull over, but we did. And because he saw what we didn't see, We were able to see that bear. He got about 20 feet away from us, which is when my wife said, okay, I think it's time to pull out now, okay? You'll understand that, right? But it was so cool, he saw what I didn't see. Now, for our our story today, it's been a little while since between chapter 2 and 3. Ruth had gleaned in Boaz's field during the wheat and barley harvest both, and harvest time was completed now. And Naomi had been thinking about how she could help Ruth moving forward. And I love the way chapter 3 began, because here's what it says. One day, Naomi said to Ruth, my daughter. Let's stop right there for just a moment. This is a great descriptor for me. Because this young lady here, who had been her daughter-in-law, as time went along and she saw the, the love that Ruth had for her, Ruth had truly turned into a daughter for Naomi. And Naomi wanted what was best for her. And she could see an opportunity here for Ruth, because of the kinsman relationship Boaz had with her husband Elimelech. Now, let me tell you, Ruth was a a young lady at this point in time. She's probably in her her early 20s. And Boaz was a man who was middle-aged at the best, maybe even a little older than middle-aged because he would have been a contemporary of Elimelech. Boaz, a man of standing in the community, was someone who could take Ruth in and give her what Naomi thought she needed, a home, provision, protection, I'll be honest, I don't think this even occurred to Ruth at all. She did not see this opportunity right here in front of her. But Naomi saw it. See, Ruth was an outsider to the Jewish culture, but Naomi saw what could be. It's good to have somebody looking out for you, isn't it? We all need people in our sphere of relationship who can see what we can't. People who know us and people who have our interest in mind. Now, when I'm done speaking someplace... I'll often ask Darla, what do you think? And she'll be honest with me. Sometimes it's good, sometimes, well, you know. Um, She'll be honest with me, though. And if there's a second service, I try to make changes. I'll ask people here in between services, hey, is there something I need to change? And I'll listen to what people have to say. I told first service, sorry, guys, you get it raw. You get it, well, you'll, you'll see. All right, here's the thing, guys. We all have blind spots, don't we? We all have things we don't see. You have blind spots? I have blind spots. Okay? I, I was in a meeting on Wednesday with one of our, one of our staff guys at, at Ignite, and we were talking together about an opportunity that was coming our way organizationally. And he said, well, what does it look like? So I laid it out for him. He looked at it online, and he said, okay, can I just be completely honest with you? I said, absolutely. He said, Lance, what we're doing now is better than this opportunity that's coming our way. I said, well, how so? And he said, doon, 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 doon. I said, you know what? You're right. Here's the thing, guys. I was blind completely to what was was around me. He could see something coming from a totally different perspective that I couldn't. He was right, and he's going to save us by talking into my life. We all need people who can speak into our lives and help us escape the blind spots we have. We all need people like that. And if we're connected to the right person, they will give us the input we need, just like Naomi did for Ruth. Here's the second thing I see about Naomi. The right people think of our future. Here's what she said. My daughter, should I not try to find a home for you where you will be well provided for? Is not Boaz, with, whom, with whose serving girls you have been, been a kinsman? Of ours? Now, talk about thinking about someone's future. Naomi showed this trait. I want you to think back for just a moment. Can you think of people in your life who thought of your future and who wondered what was best for you? Uh, For me, it started with my parents. It really did. I've had friends down through the years that have been that way too. But there's, there's one person who sticks out in my mind, who really wanted the best future for me? And that was Darren's, Darren's dad, Bob Sloniker. Uh, Bob interviewed me when I was back in, back in 1981, when I was a 21 year old senior in college. He interviewed me as a potential planter for what was then CDA, now is Ignite. And Bob thought I could do it. So I came to a new church. I worked with Bob through the years. Bob was a great encouragement, encouragement to me. He, he was a mentor to me in many different ways. And through the years, I learned some things about church planning to him. And then one day, 15 years into my ministry at Mantino, he came to me and came to my office and he said, Can we have a talk? I said, Sure, sure. And we closed the door of my office and uh, he began to get a little uh, emotional. He said, I've been thinking about the future of our organization. He said, when it comes to people who could, who could take what we're doing and move us forward, he said, there are two people who come to mind. And he mentioned the name of a nationally known leader who was leading church planning out in New York and no one across the country. He said, so it's Paul and it's you. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, wait a minute. Those two names don't even belong in the same sentence. I don't know what you're talking about. He said, here's what I think. He said, you could do it because of this, this, and I said, well, you know, I, I, I'm open. I'm open. So Bob, through the years after that, he, he began to give me opportunities to, uh, to go to different places. I went to Pittsburgh to speak about church planting there. I went to, to Florida to talk about church planting there. He just opened up so many different opportunities, and finally the time came for him to say, hey, you want to be in? And, and I look back on my life, and I realize I've had so many opportunities, and I'm where I'm at today really because of him. He was the right person in my life who thought of my future. And I'll just be honest, I have been completely blessed by that man. Now, I could tell you more stories about people, but the, the question I want you to think about is who do you have in your life who wants a bright future for you? See, we all need people like that who can see things we can't see, then point us in the right direction so we can be built into the people we want to be. And we can be. And that leads to the third thing we see here. We want people who will plan for our success. The, the first two verses of this, uh, of this chapter lay the foundation for everything else that's going to take place. See, Naomi knew what Ruth needed to do, and she laid it all out for her. So here's what she says. Tonight, he, meaning Boaz, will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. So I want you to wash and perfume yourself, put on your best clothes, then go down to the threshing floor. Don't let him know you're there until he's finished eating and drinking. And when he lies down, note the place where he is lying, and then go uncover his feet and lie down. Then he'll tell you what to do. So Ruth said to her mother-in-law, okay, I will do whatever you say. And because she did, her life changed forever because Naomi saw what Ruth didn't, and Naomi helped her daughter-in-law. So you all received a Lego when you came in today, and uh, they, came from, uh, they came from this box here. There's all kinds of different shapes on, uh, on this box that could be made, and these shapes are all lying out in this room right now. Well, between this room and first service, these shapes are lying out here. And so it's putting it together in the right way in order to have these different shapes that, uh, that are present. What does it take to do that? Well, it takes this instruction manual. Okay, I, I like playing, playing Legos. Okay, I, I, really, <laughs> I, I like doing it with my grandchildren. Okay, and, and what we do is we, we take this instruction manual, and piece by piece, step by step, it'll walk you through how to make every one of those figures on that box. All you have to do is follow the instructions. Naomi laid it all out for Ruth. She said, Here's what you do boom, 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 boom. And Ruth said, Okay, I'm going to follow the instructions. So it all dolled up. Ruth hid in the threshing room until Boaz fell asleep. She uncovered his feet. And then lay down. And in the middle of the night, he woke up and was startled to find a woman lying there. Okay, I imagine that was kind of interesting. And I don't know exactly about the whole thing, about why they did it this way. This was just that custom back then. So he finds a woman lying there, he says, who are you? Okay? And Ruth told him exactly what Naomi told her to say. I am your servant, Ruth. Spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a kinsman redeemer. Now, Boaz knew exactly what that meant. Now, he hadn't been thinking this way either, I don't believe. Because if Boaz were to to take his cover off and put it over Ruth, it would signify, I'm accepting your proposal, I'm accepting my responsibility. If he had not done that, story over. So Boaz looks at this young lady and says, he he knew he was impressed with her character and her reputation. He says, I am flattered you would even think of me like this. Kind of like, I'm an old man. You could have been chasing all the younger men around the fields uh, when you were here, but you didn't. You just worked with my servant girls. I've seen you in action. And I'll tell you what, I will do what you ask. However, okay, there's a however in this one. He said, there is another guy closer in line, kinsman, redeemer-wise, than me. So he said, I will talk to him tomorrow. If he wants to fulfill his duty, that's great. If not, I'm your man. That's my words, by the way. Ruth stayed there till early in the morning. Boaz sent her home with a large gift of barley saying, I don't want you to go home to Naomi empty-handed. And I'm sure Naomi had been waiting up all night because you know what the first thing is she asked her daughter-in-law? How'd it go? Right? I mean, we do the same thing, right? Okay. How'd it go? How'd it go, my daughter? And Ruth told her all that happened gave her the gift from Boaz, which was a lot of grain. And here's what Naomi responded. The man will not rest until the matter is settled today. In other words, he's going to do something. Hey, when it comes to having your right per- the right person in your corner, Ruth had it covered with Naomi. Because Naomi could not only see opportunities staring Ruth in the face, she laid out a perfect plan for implementation. And all Ruth had to do was take the step. Now, i tell you what, it took courage to put yourself out there, okay, because that's what it took. But Ruth took the step, and together they only saw, but they seized an opportunity. And working together with the right people can be an incredible experience. I can remember 10 of us lifting the baptistry into place at, at the Christian Church of Manteno. when We were building a new building. It took 10 people to lift that thing up and lower it into the cradle that had been built for it. And we lowered it into place, and we just stood there for a moment. And I prayed with all the guys about the lives that would be changed because of of welcoming Jesus in those waters. Magical moment. I love seeing seeing what has happened in Nicaragua as houses and other structures are built to help those in need. And I know it isn't easy work. However, I also know by the smiles on the faces of the people who are doing the work that people working together Seizing and seeing and seizing opportunities are making an impact in people's lives. I just say, well done. You know, there's a women's ministry that takes place here, a men's ministry that takes place here, a volleyball ministry that takes place here, kids' ministry going on upstairs right now. And think about what takes place on the stage behind me every week a team working together to make beautiful music and create magical moments. My question is, do you think all these things happen spontaneously? No, no. It takes planning. It takes preparation. It takes the right people working together, following a plan to bring these beautiful moments together. And because of what takes place, opportunities are not only seized, but other people pass them along to others. Having the right people in our lives make it much easier to not only see, but to seize opportunities when they come our way. Ruth had that person in Naomi. Her life was changed forever because of it. So my question to you today, who are your people? Who are your people? I want to ask you to do a couple things today. First of all, I'd like you to take your Lego home and put it somewhere. As a reminder of the value connecting people, connecting with people has for each of our lives. And remember, we only have so many connection points. Let's make sure we connect with the people who are going to build us and make us stronger and better. And secondly, I'd like you to think about people like Naomi that you have in your life or you've had in your life, people who want the best for you, people who pour into your life and point you toward the future, people you count on to be there when a friend is needed. And what I'd like you to do, I'd like you to thank God for those people in your life. And as you you thank God for those people, maybe even reach out and and tell them why you're grateful for them this week. I think they would appreciate that. And the last thing is I'd like to encourage you to be this type of person for those in your sphere of influence. I had the opportunity a couple weeks ago to speak into the life of my oldest grandson. He'd had a a real rough day that that day. And we sat on the couch and, and we talked. And I just told him how, how special he was to me. He's 10 years old. And, and as we talked, I just said, hey, can I pray for you? And he said, well, yeah, yeah. And as I prayed, I, I, I thanked God for him. He's a special boy. And I, I thank God for the difference he was making right now. But then, then I prayed toward the future for him, and I thank God for what was going to happen through him to touch the lives of many people. I think I think God will. You know, and as I prayed, he cried. I cried, too. As, we, as I closed the prayer, he just said, Grandpa, thank you. I, I needed that. It was a magical moment, as I look back. And I realize that every one of us, guys, can have a profound impact on other people's lives as we step into situations where a friend is needed, so my encouragement is to, to look for those moments around you in the week ahead and, and step into them. Hey, Ruth, uh, is a story of God's act of hand through people and situations, a beautiful picture of people seeing and seizing opportunities. Let's follow her example in the week ahead and see what God does through us and in us.